0: Hey, listeners, just a reminder that the history of everything sex is for mature audiences, so listen with discretion. And don't forget, we're ready for suggestions, ideas, stories, whatever you want to tell us. Just email us at thehistoryofsexpod at gmail.com. Thanks! melinda
1: hey terry how are you
0: just fabulous how are you
1: i am fabulous because you're fabulous
0: well that makes me even makes me even more fabulous
1: are you fabulous sir
0: i'm the fabulousist
1: awesome would you like to say you're welcome
0: welcome to the history of everything fabulous six
1: that was amazing. <laughs> I'm, we're on a roll here. Um, let's not,
0: let's keep it going then.
1: Let, let's roll on out. Yep.
0: Wheels on the bus.
1: Real, okay. When I <laughs> first started researching today's history lesson, I honestly went into it pretty skeptical because I was worried that the history would either be completely uninteresting or like so overwhelming that I wouldn't be able to pack it all into one episode, but I was pleasantly surprised. Good. So here we are. Today's subject is the history of cesarean sections, -sections. C-sections. Yes. Did you have a C-section? I did not. No, I did not either, which I probably should have, but (laughs) they had me power through and somehow I I, made it.
0: Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, I I always like hats off (laughs) to, you know. Because, I mean, you got to heal afterwards Yeah, and more than one child at home or other responsibilities.
1: Yeah, no, it's no yeah. joke. Right. For sure. Exactly. Now, let me begin with some rather morbid, although kind of fascinating facts. Okay. So the first C-section ever, as far as anyone can tell, happened in the year 300 BC when a very pregnant Indian princess indian meaning from india not native american okay um accidentally ingested a deadly poison um the prince when he realized what was happening begged someone to help him he couldn't Mm. lose both his partner and his child right so in stepped the prince's teacher um he cut the abdomen of the freshly deceased princess and retrieved the little baby okay Yes. so that's the first ever from what we know okay now another fact is that for hundreds if not thousands of years the only time a cesarean section was performed on a pregnant woman was either as she was dying or soon after she was dead
0: Mm.
1: yeah so the crude procedure was done either in a desperate attempt to save the life of the baby or to allow mom and baby to be buried separately. Um, and that was required or at least preferred by a lot of religions that they'd be buried separately. So huh. when they went in, they didn't know if they were going to pull out a live baby or a dead baby, but either oh, okay, way, they okay, were okay. taking the kid out, right? Right. Uh huh. So this brings us to why the procedure is called the cesarean operation. Or after the 1600s, the cesarean section.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now the myth is that Julius Caesar was himself born by C-section, mm-hmm. but that is decidedly not true. And we know this because there are mentions of his mother being around later in his life, but no mother had ever survived a C-section at that time. Oh, okay. Yes. So instead, it's believed that it was under Julius Caesar's reign that Roman law first required that any pregnant woman who was on the verge of death before delivery would be cut open in order to save the baby. Mm -hmm. The driving reason for this law was the need to increase the population so while it was unfortunate that the mother passed away for whatever reason, mm-hmm. at least the child might survive and we can continue humanity. Right, 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 right. Now, another possible origin of the term might have nothing to do with Julius. The Latin word for cut is I want to say it's say It's like C-A-E-D-A-R-E. So okay. Sedare. And newborns that are born by way of cutting open a dead mother's abdomen were called cesones. And so this might be where we got cesarean section. They're really not 100% sure is what I'm getting at here, right? Mm -hmm. Now, one more morbid fact before we get to the timeline. So we know what happened when the pregnant woman died. But what about when labor went on seemingly forever? The laboring mother is delirious with pain and exhaustion. And yet the baby is making no headway, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So eventually the fetus will die um, and a craniotomy is performed. And so this involves piercing the fetus's skull removing the contents, and then removing the head and the body piece by piece. And again, they didn't truly know if that baby had died or not. It Mm -hmm. was just whoever was making the decision was basically like, okay, there's nothing else we can do. So, you know, we're just going to not have a baby today, not have a live baby today. Mm -hmm. Now, I do need to take just a second to say, That I'm referring to the unborn child as a fetus here, and it's not a political statement. It's actually just very much the opposite. Like, the medical definition of fetus is an offspring of a mammal growing in the uterus from the embryonic stage to delivery. So I'm trying to be both medically factual and as non-biased sounding as possible. Um, I, I mean, I'm not perfect, so... Sometimes I might say baby, especially when I'm talking about the fetus at full term on the verge of being born. So, you Mm -hmm. know, just just go with it. okay? so moving on to our timeline. So legend has it that the first woman to survive a C-section was a 17 year old French teenager. And according to the story, she went on to become the queen of Bohemia And there are very few facts or evidence surrounding this story. However, the first written record and most accepted as true story of a mother and child, both surviving a C-section, was Elizabeth Neufer. So, in the year 1500, a Swiss couple was eagerly awaiting the birth of their first child, the father-to-be, Jacob was a veterinarian of sorts. But basically, he was more like a farmer who sterilized or spayed female pigs. Mm-hmm. So because he had some experience with female anatomy, specifically removing ovaries, um, he he did know a thing or two, you know, about the the female reproductive tract. Mm-hmm. So when After days of labor with no sign of a baby being born, Jacob went to the local authorities and requested permission to perform a cesarean operation. Permission was granted, and he must have done a bang-up job. The baby was healthy, and in fact, that baby lived to be the ripe old age of 77. And Elizabeth went on to have five more healthy babies, all vaginally. So not only did he get the baby out, they both survived. He also must have done
0: done it right because she was able to V-back it. Yeah,
1: exactly. So Mm -hmm. he must have closed up really well, too. Now, over the next few hundred years, there were occasional stories of mothers and their babies both surviving C-sections. The vast majority of the success stories were those that were done in remote areas far from doctors, clinics, and hospitals, which you would kind of think is the opposite. Like, wait a minute, if they're in a hospital, then surely they have better chances, you know, versus if Mm -hmm. you're in the middle of the jungle. But, and there were very few hospitals, you know, back then anyway. Mm -hmm. This is because the discovery of germs had not yet occurred. So doctors and surgeons, they wore their street clothes they rarely wash their hands, and most often they just moved from one patient to the next without cleaning Whoa. up or yeah, or doing any kind of.
0: That's unsanitary. Yeah,
1: I, I. They may not have even like wiped their hands off on a napkin or anything, or on
0: their shirts.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, or they on just their pants. Just kept it moving. My hands are going to get dirty again, so why bother? You know, wipe. W- when w- they wipe waste their any brow. water.
0: Yes, wipe their brow. <laughs> <laughs> looks like a looks like a a, a scene from Gangs of New York or something. It's a
1: whole oh gosh, bloody mess! Yeah, Just know. a damn bloody mess. Now, when the decision was left to laypersons or non medical folks, cesarean deliveries actually usually occurred earlier in a stalled labor, before either the mom or the fetus were weak and exhausted which usually also led to better outcomes for both mom and the baby, you know, Mm because the doctors are like, whoa, 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 you know, let's not, let's not jump into this decision too quickly. We got to give her a little more time. And by the time they decided to do the C-section, like I said, either the baby was in distress or mom was exhausted and had lost blood or whatever. So it just wasn't usually a good outcome. Then in 1543, the first book that had drawings of female anatomy was published, and that gave a bit more education to people in general. As the 1700s turned to the 1800s, cadavers became available more readily for doctors and doctors in training to use as training tools. And surely this was incredibly helpful when you could literally see inside of a woman's pelvis and You know, learn where things were and what was in there and all that. Mm -hmm. Now, interestingly, while women were still banned from learning the medical trade or practicing medicine, it was Dr. James Miranda Stuart Berry, who sometime between 1815 and 1821 performed the first successful C-section in Britain. Successful, meaning both mom and baby lived. Mm-hmm. The good doctor was a female disguised, who disguised herself as a male in order to provide health care to her patients.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So she went by Dr. James Miranda Stewart, but obviously her name was actually Miranda. Mm-hmm. So there's that. <clears throat> in the early 1840s, ether was beginning to be used as an anesthetic for surgeries um, ether was being used in the united states and great britain more and more but doctors were hesitant to use it for mothers in labor and this was the victorian era after all and everyone knows that women are supposed to suffer horrible pain with childbirth because of that stupid eve biting that forbidden fruit shit long ago right right right,
0: right. yeah
1: but then it came to light that Queen Victoria herself had had chloroform with the birth of both of her children. And if the head of the Church of England could have some pain relief during labor, then surely any woman could. Hmm. The wealthy quickly became consumers of anesthesia during childbirth. And from then on, all C-sections started being done with some kind of anesthesia. Thank God. Right. Right i mean right. fuck
0: mm-hmm. so fuck. I
1: fuck, um <laughs> around this time high forceps were sometimes used to assist deliveries for women whose pelvises weren't made for birthing. um but these were very rough on mom and lots of tears and injuries that left the woman with lifelong pain and problems it usually happened this was just like It was an option. It just wasn't a great option, you know. Mm -hmm. So as you can see, there were a few good options for labors that weren't going well. From 1787 to 1876, not one mother in Paris, France survived a Mm C-section. In Britain, the survival rate of mothers was less than 50%. One big event that was integral in changing the technique used for C-sections was the journey of R. W. Falcon or Robert William Falcon. He was a British explorer who was interested in tropical disease and medical practices of different cultures. And he traveled to Uganda. In 1879, while he was there, Rob was lucky enough to witness a cesarean section done on a woman whose labor wasn't progressing. So here's like a quick ish rundown of of how (laughs) this went. Right. Mm -hmm. So the woman had to drink a shit ton of banana wine, which can we just Mm -hmm. take just a minute to talk about banana wine? Because that sounds amazing. I've never had all the wine I've ever had.
0: Right. Never had banana
1: wine. I would like to try that.
0: Oh, um, I don't know that I'd like to try.
1: I that. think I'd like to try it anyway.
0: Well, if um, I find banana wine.
1: You better grab it, it for me, girl. I'm getting you some. You better. Anyway, so the woman gets drunk enough and then some banana wine was poured over her belly to clean it. Mm-hmm. Two men perform this procedure. We'll call them the surgeon and his assistant. So one stood on each side of the woman. She was on an inclined board like bed uh type thing with her head higher than her feet. Mm-hmm. A band of cloth held her upper body to the bed and another around her upper legs. plus a guy there was a third guy there who was just there to hold the ankles mm. so she didn't flail or fall or whatever. So the surgeon began by washing his hands with banana wine. That's a waste of wine, but okay. Mm-hmm um holding his large knife up high and loudly chanting got to start with a chant right he then let out a loud cry before slicing the woman from her belly button to her pubic bone hmm. now any bleeding areas were cauterized right away with a red hot rod the surgeon cut deeper getting through the uterus And then as the amniotic fluid poured out, more little bleeders were cauterized. The assistant used both his hands to pull open the uterus so that the surgeon could reach in and grab the baby. Once the baby was delivered and the cord was cut, the baby was handed off to, you know, someone else that could take care of that. Um, Then the surgeon massaged the uterus. Which is like very important. And it was really impressive that he knew to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Then he reached through the uterus to dilate the cervix from the inside out. Which is Mm -hmm. to me is like really weird. I'm like, what? Why were you doing that? But that's what he did. Um, He removed the placenta and any large blood clots that were in the uterus. And then he went back to massaging the uterus until it was nice and firm. At this point, the whole open wound was covered with a mat made of grass. The woman was unbound. And then she, they like laid her over the arms of a few people that were there to help or Mm -hmm. in the background or in the audience or whatever. They laid her over their arms face down to let any other fluid drain out of her uterus. Which is, you know. Might as well use gravity, I guess. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Sure, so as long as your whole uterus isn't going to fall out because you have the right. <laughs> grass mat holding it in. So right. Um. Once that was done, she was returned to the bed. The grass mat was discarded. Then the uterus was not sewn closed. It was left to heal on its own, and but the skin was closed and held together with seven thin spikes made of iron Mm -hmm. now these were then fastened together by string next because this is exactly what you would expect i'm sure the surgeon chewed up some medicinal plant roots spit them in a bowl and used this as a sort of paste or ointment on the wound lastly a banana leaf because obviously there are many bananas and banana trees and banana leaves around here um, was warmed and laid over the incision. And then that was all held by a tight bandage. According to Rob, the woman did not express any discomfort right up until the spikes were placed. So this lady was a true hero for sure. An hour after the procedure, Mom seemed very comfortable, and the baby Mm -hmm. was put to breast soon after. The one downside, I say the one downside because I'm not the one who is getting the surgery done, but from a medical perspective, the one downside was that women who delivered this way usually had a very low milk supply. So the babies were usually fed at the breasts of other women in the village or in the area. Um, Now, this mom did have a slight fever on the second night afterwards, but it subsided. On day three, one of those seven spikes was removed from the site. On day five, three more were removed. And on day six, the rest of the pins were removed. And more chewed roots were put on the healing incision. Mm -hmm. By the time Rob had to leave to continue his journey on day 11... The wound was completely healed. Mom had the normal expected vaginal drainage, and both mom and baby were happy and healthy. So that was a big deal. Yeah, of course. Right. Now, in the rest of the world, while some women died of blood loss, many died of infection. Septicemia or peritonitis were the two big infections that usually did mom in. Mm -hmm. Now, around the mid-1860s, Joseph Lister introduced the theory that infections could be prevented if tiny organisms were kept away from wounds. He used an antiseptic called carbolic acid to clean surgical instruments and the skin of the patient. He made it clear that cleanliness was vital in surgeries. So around the mid-1800s, cities were starting to pop up and hospitals were starting to become a thing. It was around this time that obstetrics and gynecology became a medical specialty. So instead of your barber delivering your baby, there were doctors who were specifically there just for that. As people moved away from the country and into the city where much less fresh fruit and veggies were available, And where people weren't getting enough sun, more and more cases of rickets was seen. Rickets is due to a lack of vitamin D. And -hmm. it can make your bones really soft or misshapen. And lots of females had distorted pelvises from this, which, of course, made vaginal childbirth impossible. Right. Doctors generally preferred C-sections for these patients. Now. In 1976, an Italian professor named Eduardo Porro Porro, began telling anyone who would listen that patients who had C-sections should automatically get a hysterectomy. Because at this time, surgeons did not feel that it was safe to stitch the uterus closed after a C-section. Mm-hmm. Because the thought of leaving sutures inside a woman's body seemed dangerously risky. So, according to Pro, the safest co- course of action was to remove the uterus. And this would negate the chance of death from hemorrhage or infection, in his humble opinion. However, when J. Marion Sims developed silver wire sutures, which proved Which proved to be safe and not infectious, even when left inside the body. This was a huge advancement in the techniques used to make C sections safer for women. So, from 1880 to 1925, with more hospitals and more patients to experiment on, Mm -hmm. doctors tried all different methods and ways of performing C sections and closing the incisions ultimately the low transverse incision was found to be the safest route so this is when it's like really low in the belly and it's like from hip to hip as opposed to from like belly button to pubic down yeah right Yeah. yeah, so it's across more than up and down right um and sewing the uterus back together and then each layer of skin seemed the most successful way to close. Hmm. Unfortunately, while this greatly reduced the incidence of mothers bleeding to death, infection was still rampant and still often fatal. Enter the vaginal C-section. This terrible procedure involved dissecting the cervix if it wouldn't fully dilate, to allow the baby to move into the birth canal. Now, of course, this only helped in certain situations and this type of intervention was only really helpful for really small fetuses. Luckily, penicillin was discovered in 1928 and became widely available by 1940. So infection rates and deaths from post-op infection decreased dramatically the vaginal c-section was more or less abandoned completely Mm. eventually vitamin d was added to milk decreasing the incidence of rickets the government started funding programs that emphasized healthy prenatal care by 1938 50% of deliveries were actually happening in hospitals, 50% in 1938. In the 40s, the home pregnancy test was invented. X-rays, then ultrasound machines were used to see the fetus. This is really when the focus of doctors started to change. So now it wasn't just a woman with some anonymous unseen life form growing inside of her. Now there were two patients to care about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The amount of C-sections done skyrocketed as doctors came to believe that surgical deliveries were better for both mom and baby, saving them both the trauma and hard work of vaginally delivering By 1955, 99% of women who gave birth in the United States did so in a hospital. Over time, the labor and delivery process became more and more controlled by technology, for better or worse. Fetal heart monitors were developed in the 70s, allowing nurses and doctors the chance to constantly evaluate the well-being of the fetus. This actually led to an increase in the number of c-sections performed as any sign of fetal distress often meant surgery time (laughs) from 1970 to 1988 the percent of deliveries performed by c-section shot up from five percent to 24.7 percent and that rate held pretty steady for years According to the March of Dimes, in 2021, 32.1% of births were C-sections. 22.3% of live births to women who had never had a C-section before were delivered via C-section. Does that make sense? So like, overall a third of women who had a baby in 2021 had a c-section okay but a lot of the you know some of those had had c-sections before so it was a repeat
0: okay okay scheduled
1: right but then it's also saying of all the women in 2021 who had a baby 22.3 percent of women who had never had a c-section before so one in more than one in five almost one in four women okay okay who had never had a c-section before did have a c-section okay so a I lot see what you're saying yeah I mean, a lot mm-hmm. in 2019 four million women gave birth in the united states of these 502,005 um, had had c-sections before of the four million 31.7 percent had a c-section in 2019. So that just kind of gives you some numbers, puts you a right, little bit right, right. in perspective. Now, another statistic about these 4 million mothers is that 25.6% of low-risk, singleton, full-term, head-down babies were born via c-section. So that's what they call like More or less like the perfect situation. You know, you have one baby, Mm -hmm. you're full term, you're head down. Like, you know, everything seems to be going right. Mom's healthy. There's no, you know, prenatal problems or anything else. And yet when it came time to deliver, more than one fourth of those women ended up having a C-section. Okay. So um, it does say 86.2% of women who had previously had a C-section, had another C-section, which obviously by math means that only 13.8% had a successful VBAC or vaginal birth after cesarean.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So I want to tell you about one very heroic, possibly insane woman named Inez Ramirez Perez. Inez Perez. Inez, Inez
0: Ramirez Perez.
1: Yeah, that's a lot of It It is. Mm-hmm. Now, Inez lived in a Mexican village, 50 miles away from the nearest medical clinic. At 40 years old, Inez was expecting her eighth baby. Now, while her first six had been delivered happy and healthy, her seventh baby had not survived the delivery. So on March fifth, 2000, when Inez was in labor, home with just her six kids, she was understandably worried. Her husband was at the bar, and Inez had no way to reach him. After 12 grueling hours, which cracks me up that the husband... Apparently, was at the bar for this entire 12 hours. Right, right, right. (laughs) After 12 grueling hours, Inez began to believe that this baby was going to die if she didn't do something. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, PTSD, I assume, you know, Mm -hmm. why not? So first, she took a few swigs of some hard liquor. Probably not banana wine because she probably wasn't that lucky. It's probably tequila. Right, right, right. You know, something (laughs) something hard-hitting. Yeah, yeah. Then she used a six-inch knife to cut into her own abdomen. Now, it took nearly an hour for her to cut an incision long and deep enough for her to reach into her own uterus and pull out her newborn son. After tying and cutting the cord, Inez promptly passed out for a little while, as one does, you know um when she came back around she tied a sweater around her to cover the incision she'd made she sent her six-year-old son to get help it's probably one of those look you can either go get your dad or you can right. go get a doctor just right. somebody fucking back somebody here. i don't the care gardener, who it is. the mailman shit somebody whatever um he did return thank goodness because you know some kids will be like you know, I'm going to go play like you get distracted on your way out there. Like, sorry, but I saw Maria and we decided to go on the swings. So but he did. He returned with a local health aide named Leon, who sewed Inez up with regular old needle and thread. Eventually, mom and baby Orlando were taken to a hospital where doctors pronounced them both healthy and Then they perfected the little stitch work that was already done, and they credit Inez's as the first case of a woman and child to ever survive a self-inflicted C-section, and it's believed that her experience butchering animals is what helped her do such a bang-up job. Yeah, probably. Probably yeah now on the opposite side of the spectrum i just need to mention one victoria beckham Mm -hmm. posh spice of the spice yep victoria started a movement dubbed too posh to push when she opted or probably demanded a c-section to save her the hard work An inconvenience, an embarrassment of going through hours of sweaty, painful contractions and pushing. And so they dubbed that the too posh to push movement. Um, It's very hard to find like you can find out whether other celebrities had a C-section or not, Mm -hmm. but it is kind of hard to determine like. Did they just say like, "Oh, I want a C-section because I don't want to go through labor," versus, you know, "Oh, well, something was going on, so they had to have a C-section." Mm-hmm. So, right, right, right. Yeah, it was kind of, you know, and I'm sure celebrities can have whatever they want said, you know. They of can, course, of course, they can always manage that however they want it to right, come right, across, but, um that is my story about c-section that's very interesting isn't it it's very barbaric i know (laughs) right like it i never dawned on me that you know originally c-sections were just you're you know oh dang mom didn't make it well let's see if we can save the baby you know right
0: i mean it makes it does make sense (laughs) sure absolutely yeah when you think about it but but i i totally agree with you like what what would be the other reason
1: i guess I mean, yeah. you know what i mean the, yeah i just feel yeah, like i it mean, would get to the point where mom was in so much pain that she would just pass out and they'd be like well shit she can't well, have a baby if she's passed out so right 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 help her out by cutting i, I don't know i guess or just... if she
0: dies while because the baby can't pass through for some reason right and then they have to yeah Aww. yeah
1: so it's kind of wild isn't it yeah it is yeah wild. Yeah. And when I worked in labor and delivery, I mean, I was in there for 10 years. And even during that short 10 years, there was just Mm -hmm. this huge push, you know, push, (laughs) no pun intended, (laughs) you know, like trying to get away from C-sections. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we were just starting to V-back. We were, you know, patients coming in, previous C-section, we're going to let them labor, but those patients were like monitored so much more closely and right. Right. You know, it was like the first sign of distress or whatever, just we're done. It's, it's right. 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 And then, and they kind of left it up to mom too. Like, look, here's your options, you know, vaginal birth after cesarean is a little more risky, Mm -hmm. but it's, you know, it's also your, we're monitoring you. We can, we can hit the OR as soon as we need to, if we need to. And You know, so it just, it was kind of there. Other moms were just like, heck no, you know, bring me in at seven o'clock. I'll, you know, do the C-section. I'll have the baby at eight. We'll get this all wrapped up. Exactly. Don't put me through all that. And I still might have to have a C-section. Right. Anywho, but that's my story. Well, it was amazing. Thank you for all of that. Well, you're so welcome. And just everybody out there, just know that when you look at the kids in kindergarten, you can't tell. Which one was a C-section baby and which one was a vaginal. Exactly. We are all the same. Healthy mom, healthy baby is what we're all in here for. Exactly. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. See you later. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye.